It's the state of Victorian greyhound racing and the stories behind the sport. This is RSN 927's Off the Leash. Looking forward to Off the Leash this morning with Gareth Hall and, of course, joining me for Off the Leash every Tuesday is Molly Haynes. Good morning to you, Molly. Yeah, George's not far away, but we've got a very special guest to kick it all off, a young trainer going places in Matt Clark. He's got a smart greyhound at the moment called Catch the Thief. And Matty Clark joins us now on RSN Central's Off the Leash. Hello to you, Matt. Thanks for your time. Yeah, good morning, Gareth. Good morning, Molly. Good afternoon. Matt, Matty, first of all, yeah, I do that all the time. Don't worry, Matt. First of all, um, you, you set... <laughs> set catch the thief for this launching pad. Unfortunately, it's not happening happening this year, but um, it's pretty good to have a greyhound with his ability in your backyard. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Um, he's certainly come along leaps and bounds, and, look, it is an unfortunate thing what's happened, but, um, look, there's plenty of worse going on in the world, and if it means missing out on a launching pad, we miss out on a launching pad, you know. Just unfortunate timing, but um, it's the way it is. That it is. Um, Matt, it's Molly here. Look, just to, to put this greyhound into perspective, I, um, I spoke to George a little bit earlier on the phone and, and we were um, throwing ideas around who we could have on to have a chat. And when he mentioned Catch the Thief, he's like, one thing that gets me so excited about this dog is that he's what he's passed three at Sandown, but they're in 2920s and 2930s. And for a dog that's had 11 starts for six wins, and on a couple of seconds, he must just be stoked. Um, with how he's come along at, at such a young, young age. Yeah, look, he came through the Warrigal Vic Breeders series and, and leading up to that, I knew that him and his brother were pretty special and um, everyone was telling me prior to that series that um, it's probably the best Warrigal Vic Breeders series that there's been and Greeno had a good one and this person had a good one and, look, the two of them made the final and, unfortunately, I didn't win it. Uh, Catch the Thief led about five lengths turning for home but I think just being young and he got on the wrong leg through the corner and um, just got unbalanced in the straight and he was a sitting duck and he got just got nailed in the straight. But, look, um, since then, he's, their forte has always been going to get 500 metres. I think he's the faster of the two dogs and Playlist is the better race dog. But um, since stepping to 500 metres, um, he's really nailed the beginning side of things, you know, and uh, hence he's won his last three. So... Um, Certainly, he's not surprising me what he's showing on the track. Um, probably winning three weeks in a row at Sandown, um, I'll, I'll certainly take that. You know, that's a special feat in itself. But the, the dog himself, he doesn't know he's as good as he is. He's just treated the same as the rest of them at home. So, um, yeah. One thing that. Hey, I Maddie, how long. Was... Oh, sorry, Molly. Off you go. No, you go, you go Molly. <laughs> well, Maddie, one thing when I spoke to you this morning about getting you on and. You said, you know, with the likes of losing the launching pad, it's almost like um, having your best dog being taken off you, you know, that same kind of feeling. But I loved what you said about, you know, staying positive. Can you talk us through how you're mentally coping with having some pretty exciting dogs in your kennels and, and realising that we're, we potentially are going to be limited with the racing card coming up? Oh, look, I've always a realist in life and I'll always tell you, think the worst and hope for the best now. You know, last week, for example, early on in the week, um, I had one dog come down sick in the kennel and I didn't want to think it was uh, the canine coronavirus, so I took him to the 
to the vets for a blood test. And he had a virus, but we couldn't confirm it was a canine one. So we isolated him. I've got an isolation bay at home. And look, the way the world was going, I didn't think we'd even get to Thursday night. So I was dealing with losing the launching pad, but I always put him back in because I just thought that he was set for that that night anyway, whether it was a launching pad or not, he was set for that night. So we went ahead with it, but we weren't even sure, even 24 hours out, that we're going to race that night. Now, we got through that night and... Um, and he won and all, but you know you've got people saying, "Oh yeah, well he won," and that that that's he won him best of the night, and that that proves that he would have been favourite for the launching pad and gone all, all right in it. But you know what, he mightn't have either. You know he might have missed the starting. Lots of things might have happened, and you just got to deal with what what, what it is. You know, um, I, I, I'll take a city win on a Thursday night, and I'll also take a best of the night win. That's that's good. But you know the night rolled on Friday night. I had a dog in at Warrigal. And by this time, I had three dogs in my isolation bay, and I was pretty sure I was coming down with the canine coronavirus. But, you know, the dog had won the night before. The dog came out and won Friday at Warrigal, but um, come Saturday morning, I had a uh, playlist in the meadow Saturday night. He was looking lethargic and starting to come down with it. And I had three on Sunday, so the wife and I just decided the best option was to pull all the dogs out and bunker down for what was, you know... There's just so much uncertainty, not only in life, but in the industry at the moment. You've just got to take it for what it is, you know, you, you can't be upset about not being able to race in launching pads and, and this and that and the other, there's people who lost their jobs, you know, you've got to put everything in perspective. Yeah, here, here, man, I love that attitude and obviously Greyhound Racing Victoria doing everything they possibly can to make sure that this sport goes on and I think they're thinking at the moment of um, a little bit what HRV have actually done over the last 24 hours and zoning uh, the the tracks and also the participants in their parts of of Victoria, um, would you be supportive of that? Oh, hundred percent. Look, <clears throat> prior to this, um, even on on the human side of things, East Gippsland has got got very minimal cases, and where I am now, like I'm I'm half an hour past sale, we've got very little cases out this way. So, and I don't think it will get this far because of the, the, the spacity of the of the population, but. Um, I just think, yeah, maybe in time we will have to cancel um, Meadows racing and things like that because you don't want to be drawing people into infected areas, you know. So, But, look, it is what it is, and GRV to date have, have done the very best they can to keep participants going. I mean, there's been arguments that the box draws have been disadvantaging people. Well, I can tell you, last Thursday night at down, Catch the Thief was the first dog in the box, and... Um, and it didn't affect him, you know. Uh, I know that took a minute to box the dogs, and my heart was in my mouth, but he came out and split 5.01. So, look, I, I just think you can't complain about anything that's happening at the moment because I just think we're lucky to be racing, simple as that, you know. And uh, there's people that would love to be out earning some sort of income still. We're fortunate that we can, but for how long, who knows? Absolutely, Matt. And I think what's really interesting for you as well is you've kind of been on both sides, obviously being a trainer now, but you were also a track manager, um, I think I'm right in saying that, in, in a past life um, for Thoroughbred. Yes, that's right. So, look, I've been through flooding at Yarra Glen. We, we lost uh, racing at Yarra Glen for 18 months and I had staff lose jobs over there and we had to restructure. Uh, we had bushfires over there. Um, you know, and, and coming to East Gippsland to sail, you know, we've been dealing with drought for the last 12, 18 months. So crises like this, you're sort of a bit seasoned for them, you know. So you do uh, learn to take not take things for granted and um, just make the best of your opportunities, and that's what we're trying to do with these two pups at the moment. So how are you well, going we... about preparing your dogs 
and you're not 100% sure on, on where to go? Are you still treating it as business as usual um, when it comes to keeping them, them nice and fit and, and things like that? Oh, look, up until last week, you know, I'd, I'd been in contact with Steve Shinners to go to Perth for the race over there in May for the young dogs and, and things like that. But, look, I just think everything's on hold at the moment. And you've got to be a bit of a realist. I mean, racing can't continue the way it is moving forward. I mean, we'll be looking at prize money cuts and, and even feature races, I expect, will be either, you know, cancelled or, or prize money reduced. So um, it's just the uncertainty of everything. All you can basically do at the moment is prepare them for every week at the moment. I mean, uh, you know, when, when the possibility of shutdowns come last week, you basically looked at all your team and just looked at where you could get them in as soon as possible. I mean, you look at the fields for Sandown last Thursday night, they were as good as the launching pad heats, if not better. You know, the, the field that we were in last week was a fantastic field, and uh, I was a bit nervous, actually, because it was probably better than what the heat was going to be, but... Um, yeah, fortunately, he came out and won and, and um, showed his class. So. Yeah. Hey, it's great catching up with you, Matty. Job well done with you doing uh, what you're doing at the moment. You're kicking plenty of goals and um, catch a thesis superstar and look forward to seeing him in some of the bigger races later on. Thanks for joining us on RSN Central. Thank you very much for your time. Cheers. This is Off the Leash. Molly Haynes is with me and also Georgie Ferruja joins us now on Off the Leash. Good afternoon to you, George. Good afternoon. I was just kicking verbosity home. I own that greyhound. Uh, oh, do you, Georgie? <laughs> she, uh, I didn't know. Um, I, she raced uh, on the weekend, and I, I bloody forgot she was in. Oh, <laughs> she's come out and beaten the favourite in a two-dog race. So there you go, mate. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Always a little late with you, Georgie. Don't worry about that. But Molly's with us, and Molly, there's plenty to talk about in the, in the world of greyhound racing. Power of Oscar equaled the track record at Warrigal the other day. And, geez, it's a, a promising greyhound, this fella. Oh, he sure is. And, look, uh, I love the chat you had with his trainer, Stephen Bruce White, the following day. And, um, you know, this dog to have, you know, equaled a track record in his third career start is verging on ridiculous. Aston Bolero, um, when he went and broke the track record at Warrigal, it was his 54th career start. So just to put that into perspective and, and show you what I suppose the... Um, the, I don't want to say specialist, but just the talent that this, this greyhound has. And he's, um, he's in a final tonight at Warrigal. So it's race number four at 7.26. Here's a dollar fifteen warranted favourite with, with Tab. But look, there's another greyhound called Earn the Magic. Is a winner of three from three and has box one. So it's not too far behind in the market. But look, Power of Oscar, you're, you're looking at... Just a star, star quality. And, and I'm really excited to see what he does when he's coming up against I suppose dogs who, who have the same kind of motor as him. Georgie? Yeah, look, we mentioned it last week, uh, Gareth. Of course, this comes from a very, very famous downline, one that Steve White knows a little bit about, of course, with Power to Burn, who's a Hall of Famer, won an Easter egg, was an absolute gun uh, chaser. Um, and obviously, more recently, too, it's a downline that's produced the likes of Feral Frankie and Good on Ferrata. So... There's no um, no surprise that a greyhound from this downline can show that sort of speed, but a little bit surprised by the time of 22.07 that he's absolutely flying. And as uh, Molly mentioned, Burn the Magic's unbeaten after three starts and it's put some really nice times on the clock as well, including a 22.23 win at Warrigal. So that's going to be a, a great effort. And, and congratulations on that interview, guys, uh, with Matt Clark. That's um, a guy with certainly the right attitude to have. And it was interesting to hear him talk about how... Catch the Thief was in the boxes for that long as well. I mean, 
you brought that up uh, earlier in the week, Gareth, about whether some greyhounds mm. are going to be affected by drawing box one and being in the lead in the traps for so long. Obviously, we all have to um, put up with it because it's better having racing on than not. So uh, it's really, really interesting uh, to see to hear a greyhound, and that that shows the class of that dog. Doesn't matter. He's had to adapt too. He had to be in the boxes a long time. He still split at five oh one. He's got such a huge future, that, that greyhound, for sure. And I pose that question to Alan Clayton there on Saturday. And in a perfect world, you would have two dogs being boxed at the same time. Maybe you might have one and six or um, two and, and, and eight. And it's a, But it's all about perception, Molly. Um, it doesn't look great on TV when people are watching it if you box two dogs at the, at the same time. Oh, you're exactly right there, Gareth. And I think... Perception is a huge, a huge factor in everything that JRV are deciding to do when it comes to the new restrictions we have in place. And JRV just wanted to make sure that racing continues because they want to be out and watching these fantastic dogs go around, or any dog go around, as long as it's fit and healthy. And and I think it's just important for people to to take note that everyone is in it together. And when it comes to perception, and if people are thinking that. Greyhound racing is doing the wrong thing when it comes to the social distancing and things like that. It just means that we're just able to say, no, hang on, guys, we've got all these measures in place, we've got the support from the minister and and all of that. So it's um it, it's great that what everyone seems to have, well, the majority of people seem to have a really good attitude when it comes to these changes and and what it means for the future of the sport. Hey, what about Black Opium? We had a chat. Um, about her a little earlier on in the week as well, but she was brilliant to win at sale there on the Sunday. And how good did she come back? And it's um, hopefully some of those bigger races are able to be conducted later on in the year because in the form that she is in at the moment, she would be um, pretty hard to beat, you would imagine, Molly. Oh, absolutely. Look, it's great to see big names still going around. She's a, a dog that seems to have been around for so long and it's because she started her career and she was just in amongst the great dogs from almost you know five or six starts in and you know the Thompsons wouldn't be doing this if they didn't think or wouldn't have done it if they didn't think she had the talent and and I suppose the go to to mix it with some of the best I mean she was in an Australian uh, Melbourne Cup um, you know in I think it was within 10 starts or 10 or 15 starts of her career that is it's it's massive but uh, George I suppose one thing that would be um, really interesting for you is, like, from your breeding side of things, how exciting would it be to see what black opium throws into a pup? I know we're thinking a little bit long-term, but imagine what she could throw. Oh, absolutely. And I think she made the Melbourne Cup at about seven or eight. I think it was start seven or eight, Molly. And I just it's incredible to consider that she's come back now and um, is still breaking sectional records. Like, I mean, usually you see a greyhound they like catch the thief i mean he's running blistering times early usually they can do it maybe in their first 15 to 20 starts she's up to start number 42 she's still fairly lightly raced and for her to run at a length outside the track record at sale was just incredible 9 13 early and amazingly she started at a dollar 50 you would have loved to take that dollar 50 i can tell you when she jumped as cleanly as she did black opium but the start before that the riding was on the wall at the meadows 29 64 she won by 11 lengths, and we spoke to Gareth during the week about these greyhounds that if the Golden Easter Egg does get, go ahead in June, Hardstyle Rico, Simon Told Helen, Black Opium, I mean, the stars will certainly come to the fore, but 
You're right about the breeding side of things. I mean, she's beautifully bred by Black Magic Opal, who won a Melbourne Cup himself out of Captivating, who's very, very well bred. So I think uh, Connections are going to have a lot of fun with her going forward. And just before we let you go, Georgie, we've got a commitment at 12.30. Ella Enchanted back at the Meadows on Wednesday. Looking forward to that? Absolutely. So good to see her back. She's been crueled by injuries, uh, this chaser. We've seen her back briefly for one start, I think in November at Sandown. Might have been in the heat of the bold trees, and we haven't seen her uh, since. And they they certainly nursed her along, uh, the Ennis clan. And look, at, at her absolute best, she is an absolute gun she was at the, when she first started over 700. She was okay, but she was starting to get a bit tired. And then when when she had a little bit of a campaign a campaign under her belt, there was one race there which in the heat of the Sandown Cup where she blew them away in around 41.50. At her best, she is very very impressive. She's up against Slingshot Hammer, which is going to be a very interesting race tomorrow.